Hey, my name is Julie Leone and this podcast is called What's Your Thing? This is where I have conversations with people about their passions, ideas, pastimes, missions or lifestyle that I find inspiring. I hope you do too. Julie here and welcome to another episode of What's Your Thing where I'm talking to uh, the lovely Yolanda Lines who um, I used to teach and so I have this story about how um, Yoli posts things on her Facebook page and I showed my kids who didn't believe they were like no you don't know her you're just pretending that you know her because obviously Yoli's much too cool for me to know and so I did actually get in touch with Yoli and said can you just send them a message to say that you do know me and she did that and then my sons were like yeah you're making it up you paid her so so this podcast is partly to prove to my disbelieving horrible children that I do in fact know Yolanda Lyons so hello Yoli hello <laughs> thanks for having me on your podcast <laughs> and thanks for trying to disprove my children although I don't think it, it worked <laughs> completely so um yeah so we knew each other I taught you drama yes you taught me drama in school in the marches which was probably my favorite subject at the time <laughs> so I haven't paid her to say that everybody <laughs> it definitely was my favorite class it was like the most fun for sure and yeah. um, and I guess that's kind of the point of this, the kind of thing that we're going to be talking about is kind of that that is the life that you've made for yourself, hasn't it? In, yes. In yeah. that kind of world. And so we've just done quite a long, we've been catching up before the podcast. And I was just saying, I would love to know, we haven't got as far as the story from the, the kind of, you know, it's a state secondary school in a small town yep. in Oswestry to where you are now where so I'm now. So, telling us how that's happened yeah it's been a interesting way of getting here I don't know if it's like the usual way um do you want to start by maybe say saying where here is like how would you describe what you're doing now and then maybe backtrack from there okay, sure so um I'm now living in London and I'm an actress and a performer and working in the film industry and I do like films and commercials now which is fun a job to have um and yeah I guess it's kind of like I never thought would be a possibility because growing up in a really tiny town like and and I went to school in Oswestry and then I was living in a tiny village called Ronin of like I don't know less than 2,000 people or whatever the population is there so it was just like, in my mind, I didn't think it would be a possibility to even work in the entertainment industry for from coming from such a small um, town. So, um, and have you worked abroad? Because you, so where have you? Can you tell us some of the places you've worked? Yeah, so I guess um, I've worked obviously here in London and abroad. Um, I've traveled abroad for filming to like Singapore and to Portugal recently. Um, yeah, I've just done bits and bobs in different places. <laughs> uh, South Africa as well recently. And yeah, so that's been really nice to be able to work and travel at um, 
you know, to be able to travel for your work is really exciting and a nice way to see different parts of the world and meet people from around the world, which is cool. So how does a girl from a small town in a small <laughs> village go from from there? Because I don't know that, you know, we haven't been in touch, have we? So it's been about, yeah. we were saying about 14 years or something. 14 years since I left school, yeah. I know. Um, so how did you get from there to there? So I didn't go the conventional way because I did, I left school and I did go to uni and I did, I was studying dance, but then I had a, uh, I had a, a car accident which is was the reason why I didn't I didn't even finish uni that was the reason why I left but um uh yeah where am I going with this so that that took like a big turn on and it wasn't like a severe car accident or anything like that I mean I was okay but um it did I remember you liking ballet at school that was the yeah. thing that I remembered about you but being a dancer yeah, so I did ballet when I was younger and my stepdad introduced me to martial arts from a young age because um, he was a martial artist. And so I left uni and I was like, not really sure what I wanted to do. And coming from such a small town, like growing up doing those extracurricular activities was like such a joy to me. And I thought I want to do something that is, um, you know, that provides those opportunities for more young children around there. So I started doing like musical theatre classes and uh, in primary schools and things and, te and teaching like children from the area. And that was really fun. But then I thought, oh, I just can't settle down. I can't just live in this town for my whole life. I need to explore. So I moved to London and um, yeah, I moved to London, started uh doing more martial arts here I was doing Wing Chun with a guy called Austin Go um and what's it called Wing Chun how do you say it again? it's like a, a Chinese martial art and it's like a type of Kung Fu and um yeah so I'd, I was training and doing that and long story short I ended up getting an acting agent and um getting headshots getting an acting agent and then getting my first audition and I was so nervous because I was like oh my god what am I gonna do like what if I go there and I make a fool of myself and what if I go there and I don't get it or what if I'm not right and I had so many like feelings of doubt like gosh who do I think I am going to this audition I couldn't possibly go to an audition and then um it was my partner David my fiance who said no you have to do it you have to go like what's the worst thing that can happen you go to the next one and I was like oh okay he's like, it's, a, it's a raffle literally everything in life is like a raffle and you have to be in it if you want to like win and I was like okay so I went and I was so nervous and I I did the audition and then I got the part and it was for a commercial and I was like wow that was really not that scary like it was fine and I had to do improvisation in the audition and it was actually a really fun experience even though I was like scared at the time like it being my first one um but yeah I got the role and then after that I just never ever turned down an opportunity ever again I just went to every audition that I ever received whether I thought I was right for the part or not you just don't know like you don't know what someone is looking for and you don't know um where it could lead to so I just think just go to every <laughs> go to every audition because you never know um 
I think just because yeah. I think as a as a coach so when I'm doing coaching now um one of the things that I noticed that human beings do is we kind of pre-decide on behalf of other people so I won't apply for that job or that promotion because they won't like me it's like well you don't know yeah not, that's not your business your business is to put your hat in the ring yeah. and it's their business to decide whether they pick it up or not I've read somewhere that women are more likely to decide that they're not likely to get yeah. something which yeah. is a strange um yeah I was like that's so interesting that Whereas a man, I mean, this is really generalizing, but like apparently a man is more likely to just apply because they they want that and they, or they want that salary or they want that role. Whereas yeah. a woman is will really think, mm, but do I have every single yeah element of uh, you know the criteria? Um, so I thought that's really interesting that, that that's like a statistic. Yeah, and you're you're kind of talking about that imposter syndrome about how am I gonna why are they going yeah. to choose me? And and then they did. Well, can we backtrack a bit about how do you yeah. get an agent? So so because also you went, oh, well, I didn't go to university, but then I started teaching in schools. It's like, well, that's quite a big jump. How did you even go about doing that? Uh, oh, gosh. Um, I think somebody you'd called been me young, me. wouldn't you? You'd been yeah, I was like young. maybe 20 when I started doing it. It was more like I was doing like it wasn't like a in-school class it was like a extracurricular activity after school club kind of thing where I was going to different I think I was doing like a, every day was a different school that I'd go to and and then I because I loved production and I loved putting on a show and so with each school we'd do a a like musical theatre show like a small version of any musical theatre show that we wanted to do I think I was quite ambitious and every different school I had we had a different show going on so it made it very difficult for myself <laughs> whereas I should have probably just kept one production and done the same one with every school it was like no we're gonna have this choreography and this script and this, like it was crazy but um but really fun and yeah it was just somebody approached me because um one of the teachers wasn't able to do it that normally did it and I thought mm, well I've, I might as well just go for it and so they said could you come in and teach either dance or musical theatre or, or drama as this club and I thought okay so I went and I did that and then um, it was really fun and so then I approached a few more schools and told them this is what I'm doing and you know I had, an, I had to do all the boring stuff like get insurance and the DBS checks and all the other things you have to do to do that properly. Um, but yeah, it was just really fun to put on shows and just do get, we had all the costumes together. My mom helped me to like sew a gazillion costumes and it was just a nice experience to provide that for children in the area. And um, yeah, that was it really sounds fun. like an example of you saying yes to some, you know, like- so Yeah, that was another one. Yeah. yeah, I was like, ah should, like could I do this and then I thought well I've been doing like ballet shows since I was so young and I was in the local theatre group and I thought well why can't I do it I might as well just give it a go and what's the worst that can happen I'll give a terrible <laughs> class to some children <laughs> but no it was fine thankfully and they had loads of fun um and I did feel really guilty when I left because I obviously had to you know say this is the last show we're going to do and 
and that was when I moved to London and um yeah how do you find an agent because like as someone so I write stuff and it's just a yeah. nightmare trying to get an agent so how did you get an agent I think it was so first of all this is something that I speak to people about a lot because a lot of people ask me how can I get into this industry and it's really when I tell people you need to get headshots like that is one of the first most important things is like a really good set of headshots and it sounds like people are like oh but it's so expensive to have headshots taken and it can be very expensive but equally you could you know approach up-and-coming photographers who are looking to develop their portfolio and, and want to you know maybe collaborate um but there's been so many times when I've said like could you send me your headshot maybe I can help you out and someone sent me a picture taken on their phone and it's like you have to have an understanding that you are just as much a product in this industry as you are an artist and like just as you'd sell any product on tv or you know selling a book in a bookstore that first photo is like the first thing they're going to see and it has to be a professional photo to show that you're willing to invest in yourself and that um you know this is you're taking it professionally and you're you've got a good set of photos that accurately represent you it's not just like a photo with a filter or with really bright lights that you can't even see the definition of your face like the casting directors really depend on a very good quality headshot so they can see what you look like and make sure that you match the brief of the job that you're applying for. So that was like a num the number one thing, which I know you obviously know about, but a lot of people who might be listening. No, I don't know about that because I've yeah. never had headshots because what goes through my mind is, um, I don't know, there's something there about, oh, it's a bit vain and it's a bit, and people, I have a little thing in my head about, oh, well, they should, like you've just talked about the artist, that the, you know, the work should speak for itself. So it's really yeah. interesting that you're saying, well, no, actually you've got to understand that they're, in the yeah. business making money <laughs> yeah or it's, and sometimes it's it's not just the well I guess it's the business of making money and it's the business of it to get a casting director a casting director has a very short amount of time to find the right people whether it's for a commercial or a tv show or theater or, or whatever and they're they only have a short amount of time to get this cast and make sure that this is the right cast for the job and so if they're sent like say they're sent 200 photos of people who desperately want this role and some of these photos are really overexposed they're not very clear they've got a filter they've got too much makeup on they can't really see for sure if that person fits the required brief for that role because i think headshots is not it's not really about being vain it's just about showing the a really clear representation of what your face looks like to be in this visual show and and it's not about trying to look as pretty as you can be but it's it's about trying to just look as real and true to who how do you, you even are. do that in front of a camera because it's like as soon as there's a camera even like so we're on zoom now and that one of yeah. the things i love i love that i can see you i'm not so keen on seeing me <laughs> <laughs> and so it's kind of how do you do that like how do you have your photos taken without and let yourself be as natural and but the best of yourself that you can be while yeah. having photos taken it's like um I've, I've got friends who often get chosen to play a villain and 
they'll have headshots taken and they're not thinking, oh, I need to look really pretty in this. If anything, they're thinking, I want to look myself, but I also want to look, I want to have some expression that shows I could play a mean character. If that's what they're often getting and that's the type of character they want to play and they enjoy playing and they want to market themselves into that genre, then, you know, having a few photos where you've got a mean expression might help give them a taste of what you're able to play and like so for me I've got a few I mean I've I've had lots of headshots taken because I update them quite regularly so that they see a recent picture of me because that's another thing like I have a friend who who uh, went for an audition and their hair in the headshot was dark and they showed up to the audition with a different I think red hair or something and they were like your hair is doesn't match your headshot and they're like oh sorry I recently dyed it and it's like well you need to show us what you're coming in as because if you if the if the brief says a, a, a beautiful brunette girl entered the store and then they, they're auditioning all of these brunettes and then someone comes in with red hair then that's not going to mm. match exactly what they're looking for and there's a lot to be said for like how much how much of this should be done by purely your acting and how much is it based on appearance but a lot of the roles when you see the breakdowns coming in from casting directors and what they're looking for a lot of the time they are specifically looking for right we need today we need a uh, east asian male 40 to 45 and so you they'll be looking for that particular mm character that ethnicity that age group in order to fit this story so so yeah so getting headshots is like number one really important um element of approaching a so how did you learn that because again that's not what we taught you at school is it (laughs) (laughs) um uh just over time like making friends with people in the industry and also my partner and fiance David he's been in the industry for longer than I have so he has a lot of experience in this industry and so whenever we get headshots we'll go and get them together but yeah I I guess at the start he probably influenced a lot of my early decisions um, and helped me find the right photographer and, and things like that for what I wanted to do and and just your agent like okay I guess before I had an agent, I didn't have an agent to tell me how to get an agent. Yeah, yeah. So you did the um, photos and then is that how you got the agent? Yeah, so I did the photos, but also um, having a good skill set really helped. So um, it helped that I had a number of hobbies, which my whole life I thought were hobbies, but actually they've come in very useful on my CV. So the more the more things you can apply yourself to, um, and the more skills you can learn, just like on any CV, the more valuable you'll be in uh, in your your workplace, I guess. Um, so having a list of skills, like for me, it's like having uh, a dance background, uh, martial arts and music, enjoying singing, like a, a bunch of things other than just drama itself, I think was what made me more appealing perhaps for them to take me on especially like for me because there's so many people who look just like me Uh, you know I'm one of like 
20 million white girls in London probably know that's, that's not a statistic but there's so many people who look like me so it's it's how can you stand out and have something different to offer um so I guess having a few different skill sets to offer was uh the benefit and was probably what got me the the audition and then also being really quick and responsive on your email it's such a business there's so much behind the scenes that goes on like being quick to answer an email and you know picking up the phone as soon as it rings and not thinking oh I'll you can't reply to them tomorrow you have to reply today like you have to respond because if your agent sends you a brief and they ask you to do an audition and you don't confirm it that day, well, the casting director will just go to somebody else because they don't have time. It's very quick. Um, you know, they have so little time to book people for the job and, you know, they might work for a week on one project before they move on to the next one or maybe less. So you just got to be ready and be prompt and available and treat it as much as a business as, as there is the artistic side mm. to the whole thing. So... It's yeah. interesting because when you're talking about your skill set and kind of so the only one of those things that you actually studied was drama and it, it's kind of I suppose it interests me as someone that's worked in schools so much of my life is that you know those e extra things that you were doing yeah. are actually the thing that's made your life and yet there's a real tension isn't there about particularly I, I think as you go further up the school and you're doing GCSEs and A-levels yeah I see so many people drop their extracurricular stuff so that they yeah. can study and yet that's been for you the thing that's made the difference yeah I think about this a lot actually because I have a younger half brother who's a, oh my god is he 10 or 11 <laughs> he grows up too quick he's 11 yeah so he's in school <laughs> he's and he started high school and um there's so much pressure on academia which I think is so like I've always loved academia like I love maths and science and I've always loved that kind of thing but not everyone is going to love it and um you can't excel in everything in life unless you're very lucky <laughs> mm. and there's so much pressure on him I feel to to achieve very well in his um like academic maths English science all of these subjects and I can see that he's such an artist he's like he's very um he's very confident I could see he'd be very good in like drama or theater or and and I could see he could also potentially be a stunt performer if he wanted to like when I see him on a trampoline he's never even had a coach but the way that he literally just throws his body into any kind of somersault that he feels like trying is really like wow where did you get this from like and so I think he could be so successful but the school that he's at doesn't doesn't really reward him for those skills whereas there's a lot of pressure on all of the others yeah but it's tough yeah. isn't it yeah it's hard um, and it's curious so when it so when you see him so do you so is it nature or nurture then so if you if you two are like genetically related to some extent and you're both kind of artistic and creative and can throw your bodies around is that <laughs> is that a gene thing do you think or is that a 
parental influence or um I'm not sure I mean we've got it can't be a nurture thing because we've grown up with different mums in different households so our similarities I, I don't know I think uh it's a really difficult one to answer yeah. it's hard yeah. to compare but um it's great that you can see it in him though that must be yeah but Love. and then as well I was thinking like he's he's going to be sorry I know this interview is about meant to be about me and I'm talking about my little brother but um I can <laughs> see that, that that he's going to be placed into a different set for different um subjects and I I just think it's such a shame that that you know if there was some I know PE is a physical subject but if if there was more emphasis on um arts yeah. in school it would just be so good for him I think because I think he would just really thrive in he's a drummer as well so I just think he's just so physical musical and artistic and, and mm. talented but he doesn't feel that because maybe maths isn't isn't going so well yeah. there's a lot of pressure on children to just kind of fit in Do you think that's changed in the 14 years since you've left um well I didn't notice it when I was in school because I, I was a I was a geek so I didn't mind so I never really thought about it I, I just I just uh went to school I don't really mind but um yeah I don't know I don't know how it's changed I don't yeah. It's interesting, like, so the COVID thing has me curious, I suppose, about, because of, this is a bit of a diversion away from <laughs> your acting career, yeah. but just the position of the arts. Yeah. Just seems to be, so during COVID, there's obviously been lots of loss, whether it's of life or well-being or jobs yeah. or security or whatever. And I think one of the best ways to process any sort of big emotional or societal changes through arts, the arts, yeah. whether it's through music, you know, if you think about the, um, you know, the black rights movement, the women's movement in the 60s, mm -hmm. there was so much music, the anti-Vietnam, it was to do with music, there was yeah. theatre. Um, yeah, and so I wonder if there's opportunities for here. And yet, obviously your industry has been really hard hit, hasn't it, by COVID? Yeah. It's been, I have so many friends who've really struggled during this time. Um, obviously, I mean, I don't really do much stage. I mostly focus on like film commercials. Um, so I've been quite lucky that my, like my area of work is still ongoing, but for everyone in the stage, oh my goodness, I just, it must be a very difficult time for a lot of people um and and even the you know the film industry it's changed so much because now, so how are you even managing you know like what's changed like now to work in film you have to have a covid test like multiple times a week so it's like every other day you're having a covid test i had a covid test just yesterday uh ready to do a job tomorrow um so it's just like constant covid tests you're wearing a mask all day on set. It's kind of good because once you're on set, you know that everybody who's on there um, has had a test. So you're less likely to catch something because you're most likely among people who are not carrying the virus. But obviously you've still got to 
maintain the distance, wear the mask, the PPE. It's so difficult when you do a job and you've got to wear a mask and then they come in, they do your hair and makeup and then you've got to ruin their makeup by putting your mask back on. I did a job in Portugal and it was absolutely boiling and I had to, I had to do boxing. So I was already, before even starting filming, I was already sweating so much from the heat and I'd had my makeup done and then I had to put a mask on and then like I had to keep the mask on right up until they said action. Then I took the mask off like just to do the take and then I'd put it back on again. So that with boxing um, in 36 degree heat was just insane. It was just crazy. It was boiling and yeah, makeup girls having to keep coming and sorting out my face and and are they wearing masks when they're doing that? Yeah, yeah, everybody. They're wearing masks and visors and gloves. And yeah, it's a it's a lot of... How uh, does that interfere with your... You know, like that must make it... That must be so weird then when you're going in to do a scene. How does that feel when you're... Everyone around you is in masks? Yeah, I mean, you get used to it pretty quickly. But... Um, but it's, it's weird as well because so with like creative work, a lot of, you know, when, when a director is trying to explain something to you and especially if the director maybe is their English isn't their first language. And so you're trying to like, there's so much lip reading that I didn't realize how much I do normally. And like um, just getting a message across, wearing a mask, it really does change the way that you... Yeah interact but you just have to get by you just have to have to do it but yeah it does annoy me when I like have perfect makeup and then put that mask on and then I take it off when I know that I look rubbish <laughs> but never mind there's worse that can happen yeah so yeah. so so you for you the bit of the industry has been all right and it kind of so let's rewind back to that so you've got an agent because you've got your yeah. headshots yeah you have to try lots of agents was it like forever or do, were you um, time? oh gosh I can't even remember um I think I did approach a few agencies at the beginning and um yeah I think I, I probably did approach a few before before and what I does your agent do so literally so they add you on to Spotlight. Spotlight is like the number one home of casting, which you have to join. You have to be a member of Spotlight if you want to be considered for a role. And that's kind of like the portal, if you like. So you, all the performers are on Spotlight, all the casting directors are on Spotlight and all the agents are on Spotlight. So the agent is connected to you and then they will submit your image forward to a casting director if, if you fit the brief that they're advertising for. Um, so I got an agent and I think it was the second day she sent me a audition and that was when I had that first audition and I was like so scared and didn't know if I was going to go for it and then I did and luckily I did because I got the job and then went and then that gave me the confidence to just go for more and obviously you, it's not always that easy like I was really lucky that that happened to me because you can go to so many auditions and you get there and you see like 20 people who look exactly the same as you and is that like, weird what's that like <laughs> you make friends with them it was is what happens because you end up seeing each other so often that they become your friends 
Um, so yeah, but that I remember the first time I saw literally a room, it felt like I had 20 twins and I was like, this is so weird. Um, so yeah, that's quite funny, but. Um, and how does we just sorry so that whole how does it so so what those of you that can't don't know Yolly she's very pretty <laughs> I think that would be an understatement and um but how is that to be in a room knowing that you, you've kind of been you're there because you fit a type yeah and as a woman what is that you know and kind of the bit of you that's a woman as well what's that like to know that so much of your life is judged by you know by what you look like um yeah I guess at first I thought oh this is so strange that we're all here because we look like this but then you realize that it doesn't matter what you look like that there is a different brief out there for some for everyone like it doesn't matter if if you consider yourself to be pretty or if you consider yourself to be ugly or whatever you consider yourself to look like or if you think you look like a villain or you think you I don't know there's a brief out there for someone it doesn't matter what you look like if you want to be an actor there is a role I think for everyone and everyone for for what for your for your look effectively so, you know, every time you watch TV, you see a commercial, you see a TV show, not everyone looks the same. There's always a different, I mean, obviously there's much to be done in terms of representation and like, there's still so much that needs to be done in terms of, um, you know, female equality on screen and obviously uh, based on different ethnicities to ensure that there's more roles to represent the real world. And um, so that's changing um, and hopefully will continue to improve. Um, but yeah, it is weird when you first go and you, and you see a lot of people that look like you and, and you just like, you suddenly feel like, oh my God, who, who am I? I literally, I'm one of 20 of the same people and it's quite strange, but. Um, it's, as you're describing it, it's almost, I don't know, so I might have mis got this wrong, but it's almost like in, once you've got over that initial shock, it's almost like, a, sounds like there's almost a bit of a level of detachment of, okay, so that's the thing, but I don't have to take it so personally then. Oh yeah, definitely. So when I first, when I first uh, went for an audition, and when I first did a few auditions, you think you come out of there and you think, have I done a good job? Did I do it wrong? Oh, did I do? Should I have said this, or should I have moved in that way, or should I? Maybe I should have done it differently, or what could I have done better? And you analyze your performance so much, and then you realize afterwards, it's it it doesn't really matter what you did. Like the, a casting director will know what kind of person they're looking for and, and what, or the client of the brand perhaps. And it's, you can't overanalyze what you've done. Like you've gone there, you've done your best, you've been yourself. If you don't get the job, it's not because you've done a bad job. It, it can also be just because you're not, you're just not right for that part. Like I've got a friend who did a commercial, I won't say who it is, um, 
but he did a commercial and when he did the audition he was up against a lot of people who he considered to be much more talented than him in the skills that were required for the audition so he thought I'm never going to get this but I'll just do my best anyway and he ended up booking the job and he asked the director what was it that that made them choose me like why did you choose me and they said oh the client actually really loved your ears <laughs> and he was like what like you've spent your whole life training just for a client to tell you that they really like your ears and when I heard that story I thought you just never know what they're looking for you just never know you and that's why you have to just always go to the audition because one day someone might love your ears and you might get picked for something thing is they probably didn't even know they were going to look at ears they didn't go in yeah. go I'm going to choose the person with the nicest ears yeah it was really random and and you you just never know you never know what the script requires entirely or or what exactly you know you're always given like a little bit of script and you're never given for, for like a commercial or something like that you don't you don't know exactly what they want so when they see something and think I want that there'll be a reason but it's not always down to oh well she delivered her lines better or she uh, she came in off book or like there's always you just don't know what people are looking for and that's all the more reason to just go for it and and try your best and have fun and just treat it like you know I'm gonna go make some new friends today have fun do some improv or do an audition and and see what happens that's such great um it's almost like a philosophy isn't it because it's yeah. that it's a, it's that sense of you all you can do is be yourself yeah be the best of yourself and yeah. then almost like give up any control of what you think yeah. forget just keep your it's almost like your business is your business let them get on with their business and don't yeah take it personally and if only we could do that like I think of so many people that go for interviews you know yeah. if you go to interview with that sense of well I'll just show up and be myself rather than trying to be what I think they want me to be yes and then if you get the job and you didn't show up as yourself then you're like oh I don't really fit around here that seems yeah. like such an important thing that you've developed yeah. and also the only thing you can control like that element of like control if you don't show up, that is controlling the situation because if you don't show up, you definitely won't get it. But if you do show up, you might. And so that's why it's important to just, if you want the opportunity, like, and if you would love to do that job, then show up because you might, you might get it. And yeah, it applies to many things in life. Because you have, it's almost like playful, isn't it? Like I'm gonna, like a lot of as you're talking is it's about doing stuff that you love and having fun and being playful and making friends and kind of yeah being very light about it do you yeah. is that how you feel about it when yeah definitely that's how I how I mean now it's a it's a shame because of COVID because now so many of these auditions are done on a self-tape now where you film at home so uh, you know you have to just set up your camera your lighting and do a tape and send it in and that will be your initial audition and then if they like you you will either get picked for the job straight from the tape which is great or they'll call you in and then you'll get that personal one-to-one -one, um you know in uh what's the word 
more drawn interaction. interaction. Yeah. And so I do miss like being in the room and um, actually meeting either the casting director, the director or the client or whatever, because that is quite nice when you get to do that. And it's also fun when you go to an audition, because like I said earlier, a lot of my friends, I'll often see them now in the waiting room. So it's nice to be able to like catch up with friends um, when you go to an audition, which at the moment I can't do because I'm just doing all my tapes from home. But, um, you know, it's fine. I'm still working. So I'm lucky that, I've, <laughs> that I'm still getting auditions despite yeah. the pandemic yeah do you think you were like so that attitude of show up be playful you know do your bit is that something you've learned or is that something that you think that's what you're like um I think I did learn it because I definitely was more critical of myself at the very very start I thought it was all about my performance and that you know the best actor will get the job and so I put a lot of pressure on myself to try and give my best performance rather than um, enjoying the process. Whereas now I'm much more willing to just enjoy the whole process and just not think about my exterior and what, um, what performance I'm giving and thinking of myself from the outside in. I'm trying to just be the character from the inside out, if that makes sense. Mm. So like, I'm just trying to embody that character and, as you say, playfully play that role rather than thinking about what I look like or, you know, oh, do I look good from this angle or <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I mean? Like when you're just trying to just become that character, you just have more fun with it. And whether or not I've put more roles that way, I don't know, but at least I'm enjoying myself, so I don't mind. Yeah. And do you think that's changed how you live? Because... Uh... Yeah, does it influence how you live? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm not sure. I hadn't even thought about that. Um, I guess my the way I live is all... Oh, a lot of how I live is about my work. I'm very, like, I'm always working. Um, and always... Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I guess I've always kind of been myself. I've always, I mean, you, you've known me since I was like probably 11. So yeah, I probably remember that I was just always a bit silly and um, myself in school, like, I think, I hope. Um, but yeah, caring less, I guess, about your, your, what people will think of you. Mm. Although my dad, um, actually taught me a, ho a horrible lesson when I was young when I was in year seven at school he picked me up from school topless with a pair of underpants on his head and held my hand <laughs> and walked me down the street you know the street outside school where like the ma the sea of children walk out and he held my hand all the way down the road and wouldn't let me let go and literally dragged me down the street topless with a pair of red underpants on his head. And everyone laughed at me the whole way. And I was like, I'm going to kill you. I don't know why you're doing this. And he said, I'm doing this to teach you to not care what people say about you, to not care what people think about you. I mean, he's, he's definitely crazy, but, um, <laughs> but he did have a point. And I did think like... Did it work? Uh, I guess it, it must have made 
a bit of an impression on me to just not, <laughs> not, not care so much what people think. Um, so yeah, it wasn't fair. Well, oh, well, he could have just told me. He didn't have to <laughs> do that to me at the age of 11 in high school. Where <laughs> Oh, that man. That is radical parenting, isn't it? Right there. <laughs> and part of our pre-conversation was we're kind of almost talking about, you know, so far what we've talked about is the glam, you know, it sounds quite glamorous, it sounds fun, but I know you wanted to talk about actually it's hard work too. And and that gap yeah. between how people see your Instagram posts and go, oh, I wish we had that. It's like Yeah, like social media is a very strange thing in like in our life now and everybody's on it and everybody's everyone's looking at what each other are doing and um it is important that people understand that like a lot of my work is on social media like when I when I do a job or when I have new photos taken like like promo pictures or whatever I put it all on there and it's not because I'm trying to show off to my friends and family, like, look at this picture of me. Social media is kind of um, a business tool, I guess, in terms of what I do. It's where I put my work, um, where I put show reels and images. So that um, it was, it's really weird. I did a commercial uh, last year and they said that a large part of booking me was also to do with my Instagram. And this is for a huge global campaign with a big company. Um, and they said that they took screenshots of my social media and presented it to the client and said like, this is her social media, this is her engagement. And I think she like, they did a whole pitch that was about social media, which I think is very sad in the acting world, but it, it is apparently the world that we're in today. Um, so it's just something to bear in mind that when people see my page, it's not like this is my daily life. Like, it's not like I'm walking around my living room with this perfect makeup on and these beautiful lights on me. And, you know, that's not, not it's not normal. And um, there's so much work that goes behind the scenes of, of being an actor or a performer. Um, like for example, in the past 24 hours, I've done six self-tapes, two of them, and I had to be in the bathtub. It's, like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. And like, you know, you're learning scripts, so many scripts, and they're not always short. Like I had like a three page script and then the next day you've got to learn another script and they don't want you to be standing there with the paper in your hand for your audition because it's unprofessional. They want to see you actually perform the audition. So there's so much that goes in behind the scenes. There's so much work. You've got to cut your self tapes together, edit them, do do an item. Hey, you do all that yourself. Yeah, yeah. So you so first of all, you have to do an ident, which is where you introduce introduce yourself. You say hi, my name's Yolanda Lines. You say your agent. You show them your hands. You turn to the left. Your hands. I don't know. They just you just always have to show your hands both sides, then turn to the left so they can see your side profile, turn to the right so they can see your other side profile, and that's like your introduction to camera cut. Then you do your scene that they've asked you to do. The most bizarre things that they ask. It, oh my goodness, the craziest things. 
I can't even I should write a list of like the weirdest <laughs> things that I've had to do and so yeah like just just for example now the last 24 hours I've done six takes and had to edit them all and then send them off to the agent who then sends them to the casting director and you might never hear back at all like you don't get a no you're you'll often only get yes so so if you don't get that role you'll just never so you could put so much effort and energy into a tape and you could spend all day learning these lines and and then record it like I have a friend who did 72 takes for a tape once and and didn't get the job and he put everything into that role and um didn't get it and and they just never get back to you because they've got so many people to go through to um see if they can find the right person so yeah there's so much work behind the scenes and people don't understand like just how much goes into that with training like obviously now it's a lot harder to train yeah so how are you training because your roles are often quite physical aren't they yeah it's it's horrible actually I really don't like training from home I'm really not um I much prefer to be in a class I really like having a coach and just being around other people I think like having some healthy competition as well like spurs you on and just having a coach there to guide you tell you that you know whatever it is you're doing that you're in line or that you're or to push you that little bit further or I think that's really helpful um so I I'm not a fan of training from home but it has to be done and the same for like acting classes because I was enjoying doing the, there's like um these evening classes that you can go to at Rado which I was enjoying going to and now I can't go to them so hopefully COVID will be over yeah soon. you're still learning though so it's kind of like it's almost like you're continually you yeah. had to, to get an agent and then you've obviously learned how to do these tapes and to edit the tapes and then you're still learning your acting and you're still training yeah and like you're always updating your headshots updating your showreel um you know I had a self-tape to do this week where they needed me to float underwater and so obviously I can't get to your bath <laughs> I can't get to a swimming pool I didn't do that one in the bath but luckily <laughs> So this is another weird thing. So like whenever I've been on holiday, I've been like, I've said to David, my partner, can you film me underwater? Because I just know that one day someone <laughs> is going to ask for this. So luckily I had this bank of videos on my phone of all these underwater videos of, of me <laughs> like, doing somersaults or whatever underwater. And so I sent those off. I mean, if I hear back, I hear back. If I don't, I don't. But like you, you're just always um, aware that at some point you could be asked for a skill or, or something really random um, and so I'm always like thinking oh I should film this I should film this this might come in useful or so where are the boundaries between what's private and what's personal because like you, some people might go well that's a holiday shot I'm not sending that out to people. Um, how do you manage that boundary I think well, for this one, it's like they needed someone to be comfortable, fully submerged underwater. And so even though it's just of holiday, holiday videos of me swimming underwater, um, I don't mind sending it because at least they can see that they're not taking a gamble with me. They can see for sure I am very happy to be underwater. So 
So if I send that video and then somebody else sends a video but doesn't have that footage but says, oh, I'm happy to go underwater, well, they know that I'm a safer option because I've got an abundance of footage to show that I'll, I'll willingly go under. Um, so yeah, I don't really mind. And I also, I know that these tapes, well, I hope that self tapes never make it out into the real world because the amount of silly things that I've done for a self tape is, is just ridiculous. But um, yeah, I've got so many really silly, silly tapes, but, um, but it's fun. Yeah, it's back to that word fun. And how, like, so let's just as well, time's going really fast. Oh, <laughs> I want at least another two hours talking. Tell me, so women in the acting, you know, obviously we've been through the Me Too thing in the last yeah. couple of years and, um, you know, all the horrible stories that came out of that. I mean, have you, and like, for God's sake, don't name anyone, we don't need a lawsuit, but have you had any um, experiences of that? of kind of or, or have you heard stories or do you think it's getting better what's your um, prediction of all that I personally have been very lucky is it bad that I'm even using the word lucky I mean it should just be normal not luck to not have to experience something like that it shouldn't it shouldn't be lucky it should be it's fine <laughs> um but yeah I, I to my mind I can't think of anything inappropriate I've I have been in scenarios where I've questioned why is the woman placed in this part of the scene and not the man like or when you're driving there, there's been scenes for example when I'm in a car and the man is behind the driver's seat this, this happened a few times and and I've been placed in the passenger seat and I'm thinking why is it this way around every time? Why am I not? Why is the female the passenger and not the driver of the vehicle? But it's not like uh, something really outrageous. It's not like it's. I'm very fussy about what I will agree to do as well. So like, I I wouldn't want to do a role where I feel, you know, that it's not representing like equality of genders so if I get a script through and I'm like no I'm not comfortable with with this role it doesn't sit right with me then I just won't audition for it because I'd rather just turn down something if I don't agree with it um but yeah there are times like that when when I think mm, this is not right but who am I to say because I'm the actress and the shot list is set and everything is done. So, you know, am I gonna slow down the production by half a day by complaining that I should be like, no, I'm not gonna do that. Um, but yeah, those kind of situations I find weird. But- It's thing that you're no, so you, you're kind of aware of them and that, you know, making those decisions about no, that that's not for me because of it kind of representation of women does that ever get you into trouble or does that mean you miss out on big stuff um yeah there is a balance I mean my I'm really lucky that my age I think the only time I would worry is like worry about upsetting my agent but my agent's always really cool actually like if I've ever said no I don't like the sound of this then they're like okay no worries and they've never pushed me to do something that I wouldn't feel comfortable doing so I'm very lucky in that sense 
again, am I lucky? No, it's how <laughs> it's probably how it should be. But you know, an agent is an agent. They're they're also a business, and they need to make money. So I can understand how sometimes an agent maybe would want to push an actor to to do a role, and um, you know, I I can see why there's like an incentive for the sake of the business and staying in the business, but. I think long term, I'd rather turn down a role that I feel isn't doesn't sit right with me and have more of like a focus on the long term and what I want to achieve rather than just like selling myself out now just for the sake of like earning earning a check just for something that I don't really agree with. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of change happening, but there's still so much more change to be done like I've been really lucky and fortunate as well in the roles that I've been blessed with like I really love action that's like my favorite genre and I like like um I just find it really inspiring when you see a female on screen and she's not even if she's not physically strong if she's mentally strong she's making decisions and she's not just following the the male decision like when you see a, a strong female making a decision i just find that really empowering Your favorite female character you know that um, not necessarily that you've played but that you think oh i love that role i loved um jessica chastain in miss sloan and also jessica chastain in molly's game i don't know if you've seen no well. i don't know them but what was it about those that, that you liked um miss sloan i just like that she was a female in a very male-dominated uh, industry in this film. And she was very much making her own decisions. She was very ballsy and like, um, she, she didn't care to please someone or, or like, she wasn't there to make friends. She was there to do her job, get the job done, make the right decision, do, and and she was very cunning and very smart and didn't rely on a male at all to um, to help her to reach her end goal. And I just thought she played a really inspiring character for, for a lot of women. So it wasn't even necessarily that that role was physically, it wasn't a physically like demanding role. It wasn't like it was full of fight scenes or something like that. I don't, a woman doesn't have to be like super muscly in a film to be strong and empowering, mm. but just to have that, to show that woman is making choices and she's she's confident in making those choices and she's um, d navigating her own path rather than being taken along on the ride kind of thing as much in the sense of being a passenger in the in the vehicle yeah 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 you know, like she's choosing where she's going and how she's navigating her career through a very male dominated industry and so i think roles like that i find uh really inspiring and empowering and i hope that there's more like films that what would be your ideal role to play you know like your when you look forward for your career how would you like to see it develop um this is a really weird one, and I don't even know why. But I'd quite like to play a soldier. I think I'm not. I'm not like pro-war or anything like that. I'm 
I'm very much someone who believes in like peace and love and equality and but or or just a woman who's like overcome a woman who can overcome a difficult struggle independently and thrive or some something like that but yeah I think there's still like I look at my partner and the roles that he gets so often are like the bad guy roles or these um you know this action or um you know playing a henchman or a soldier or obviously it's got to be realistic because obviously physically I guess a lot of men are a lot stronger and therefore would be a much better henchman than I would I mean I'm five foot four I'm not going to be a very good henchwoman <laughs> but just to see a bit more equality in that type of thing as well like whenever there's a, a scene and there's a lot of like bad guys it's always bad guys it's never like bad girls as well so just to get a bit more of a, a variation would be quite cool but but then you know I've done some really awesome jobs recently like obviously the Marvel film which I can't properly discuss with you now but like that is very girl power movie it, from what I can see and working under Kate Shortland a female director which was really she's very inspiring woman and she she's a very you know she's um yeah she's just very inspiring and like takes the lead on things as she should she's the director but it, it was just like really nice to work under a female director on such a, a badass film with a female lead so and obviously Scarlett is badass female lead in herself like amazing so yeah that's like really cool and yeah a few other things that are not out yet that I've worked on that I can't wait to be released but I can't talk about until they're released but I have been really blessed to work on some cool action stuff which 20 years ago would never have happened yeah. I think in the industry but now it's starting to change and there's more of a more of a demand for these types of roles for women which is really good I think yeah <laughs> so when I'm listening to you well I, so it's interesting that you use that metaphor of the driver and the passenger and yeah then describing that role you know the woman that's self-defining yeah. and self-determining because that is it because in one way you know you've used the word fun and laughter and enjoyment and friends you've talked about that a whole lot but your yeah. in, you know your your story in this conversation has been very self-determined hasn't it like there was no one in your background that was like oh yeah I'll get you an in or you know I've yeah got there. you've you've taken you know some risks like even just saying yes to that oh yeah I'll come and do acting in schools you didn't know whether you could but you were like yeah yeah I'll do that I'll try that mm -hmm. and then that first audition like you've it, and then you're still even making those decisions about no not that role because that doesn't sit with me yeah so does it feel like you're in the driving seat yeah I mean for as much as I think as well in this industry how you present yourself is how you'll be perceived and and the types of roles that you'll get so like if I put out a lot of content 
showreels and or fight scenes or pictures of me looking like more badass and I don't know stronger or more with a weapon or something like that then I'm more likely to get seen and audition for those types of roles whereas if I put a lot of girly pictures out there in a dress in high heels and then that's how people will see you and perceive you and so then I will get seen for those types of roles so you you are able to navigate in a way the direction that you want to take your career path but and and that's again back to like the business side of the industry of considering yourself as product for sale ultimately how do I want to market this and what what direction do I want to take it in do I do I want to navigate and market myself as like an action hero or do I want to market myself as like I don't know some girly doll (laughs) and get get seen for that type of role it's like how how you present yourself is often how you'll be perceived which is the same in life I suppose yeah I'm just thinking that yeah yeah. and it's weird that that's how it is because you know the way that you dress every day can make a difference as for how someone perceives you it's the same with like a job interview or something like that but I think that's why I quite like fashion because you can decide how you want people to see you on a on a day-to-day basis like if I feel like I want to be like a CEO today then I'll dress like one whereas if I want to go in a tracksuit then I'll, I'll dress sporty and so yeah there's a there's a lot to be said for how you present yourself to the world and how you are perceived but then again it's not um it's that smoke and mirrors thing, isn't it? Because ultimately you can dress a certain way and show yourself a certain way, just like on social media. But at the end of the day, every night I go home and I'll have my pajamas on and that'll be the same. <laughs> That's just me at home in the same outfit to, you know, for bed. I'll be in pajamas. I'm not going to dress like a warrior to go to bed. <laughs> uh, but so, so, yeah I'm going to try and bring it together but yeah I think that bit's really interesting because actually maybe it's that sense of we all play different roles yeah but they're held together by the one that gets into bed you know so so it's almost like what you're saying is as women we get to choose well and as men but we're women yeah. so that, with that you know you get to choose whether today I'm going to be the CEO or I'm going to be the party yeah. girl or I'm going to be the soldier but it kind of what you're sort of saying is it's on your terms that you yeah. make those decisions but then also you'll decide when you take those roles off and who it's okay to take those roles off with. yeah exactly yeah so you know you're, I'm I'm very much blessed to receive any audition and so um if a brief comes through then I'll take it into deep consideration and it's very rare that I will be like no but there have been occasions where I've where I've received a brief and I'm like nah I'm definitely not not doing that role but you know you can definitely navigate I think the industry into which direction that you want to take mm. it by how you present yourself but yeah it's it's a business as well as a creative well industry. As well. yeah 
And I, I'm just gonna, I notice you use the word blessed a lot. And I kind of, it's, it's almost like when people say to me, oh, I'm really lucky, like people say to me, oh, you're really lucky that you live in Wales and you know, that that's meant certain things about how I live. And I'm like, well, yeah, it is kind of luck, but also I made decisions that made yeah. that. So it's kind of like, yeah, you're blessed, but actually you're also professional and you work hard and you really focus and you thought yeah. on holiday. Take. So it's kind of, I think someone defined luck as kind of, opportunity plus preparedness <laughs> yeah yeah definitely like people have said to me oh wow you're so lucky your life is so exciting I'm like well I did put myself here I did take the risk of moving here at a young age by myself with no family here whatsoever and like no one to fall back on here like and and they say like being at the right place at the right time is really important but if you don't put yourself in those right places at those right times then you will not have that luck so um yeah. being persistent in being in the right places at the right time so being being on spotlight being with an agent being showing up to those auditions being on time like that is ultimately part of being in the right place at the right time as well but it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of sacrifice like I've I'm I still consider myself to be at the early stages of my career but just to get to this level I've sacrificed so much time with my family which I'll obviously never get back and so there is that balance of how much do you want your career versus you just have to really um I think people don't understand just how much one can sacrifice sometimes to achieve what they want to achieve so it's like yeah okay I'm lucky but I've sacrificed so much to be in this position where I am now like not seeing my mum as often as I would love to or or yeah mm. yeah so Yoli that my my last question always is, yeah. is what have you is there anything that you've heard yourself say in this conversation that either you're surprised at hearing yourself say or that you want to remember that's important to you? Oh. And you're allowed to say no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think... I don't think I've said anything really that would like surprise myself because I've said probably everything that I feel. Um, but yeah, knowing, knowing the, oh, it's hard to put this into words, but like being appreciative of like every opportunity, being appreciative of your, whatever role you have in your life, like being appreciative of, of that role. And if you, you know so so often people from home will say to me like oh, how's London and how's your life and like they see it as this really glamorous thing but um but it's not like everything that you see and and it obviously comes at a cost and so I'd say to those people who are perhaps who've decided to settle at home and make a family at home I think that's like really really special to have that stable family life where you can see your family regularly and and to those who are holding down 
an, a good job or, or maybe they don't even like their job, but they're still doing it because of their family or whatever. Like, I think that's such an honorable thing to be, to be doing that. And so, um, yeah, because often you hear these like interviews and you hear people saying like, you can achieve anything you want in your life. And that's great and you can, but, but also like, I think family is like so important and achieving like happiness with your family is such an amazing thing as well. So I don't know, just, you just got to live your movie, do what's right for you and do what's like true to your heart and, and what you feel is the right thing to do. And yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think that's lovely. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. No, it's been a really lovely interview. And also, I have to say the biggest thank you to you because <laughs> you introduced me to drama at like age 11 and um, made a huge impact on my life. Like, seriously, you wouldn't even know how, how much I loved your classes. And so I think perhaps if I'd never met you, I think I was nervous to go to your class the first time and, and then ended up loving it. And um, yeah, so, and now this is what I'm doing for a living. So that's quite cool. So thank you. For yeah, that. no, it's very cool. And thank you, but thank you for your words. It's like, as a teacher, it's always a weird, yeah, it's a weird thing. You kind of do your thing and there's some kids. So I obviously knew that you liked it and I knew that we had a connection and that's yeah. special when that happens. It doesn't happen all the time, but like you're saying with, you know, you, you do your best. Yeah. For some kids it takes root for others it doesn't and it's just lovely to have stayed in touch so um, yeah. <laughs> right so I'm gonna close it off here and I'll put some links into um I'll, I'll link people to stuff that's available in the public domain for you um so people can find you so thanks Yoli and I'm thank you Bye, <laughs>